Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We are wrapping up our preseason previews as we finally take a look at the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, we always wrap up with IU. That is the team we mainly cover. Uh, but we gave everybody uh, their fair shake in the FBS. Uh, I believe, TJ, how are you doing today? I'm very excited. Uh, this is certainly one of the podcasts that I know both of us look forward to uh, all year round because we get to actually dive into what we like the best, which is IU football. Uh, and that signifies that the season is right around the corner uh, and there's very little better than that. Yep, just 12 days away from IU football, six, uh, five days away from Big Ten football and week zero, which starts this Saturday. So uh, this past weekend was the last weekend without college football until January. So it's um, we're here, finally. Uh, before we start, a word from our friends over at Spotify Green, Green Room. Uh, it's a live audio-only sports talk plat, uh, platform uh, for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games, talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time, join in on conversations with me, and have a chance to be featured on our uh, Who's Your Huddle podcast. I'll be uh, hosting rooms every week on Saturday mornings prior to the game. Come through and talk with me live. Uh, all you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Hoosier Huddle League. Uh, you can follow us at Hoosier underscore Huddle. We'll be going live on Spotify Green Room on September 4th, uh, time to be announced. Um, TJ, Indiana is preseason number 17 in both the AP and the coaches poll. Um, let's start on, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. You get Michael Penix back. Um, he looks healthy. Uh, he should be the starter game one. Uh, it looks like they still haven't announced. I don't blame them for not announcing. Uh, there's a whole right. argument on, on whether or not you, you want to announce who's, but might as well let Iowa prepare for, for Jack Cuddle as well. Um, Let's talk about that quarterback room. Uh, Michael Penix is coming off an ACL injury. It, it occurred in November, late November against Maryland. He had an outstanding season up until then. Um, he was off in that Maryland game. Uh, I think he completed like two or three passes in the first half, and he got hurt running out of bounds um, on, a, on a run. Uh, down by the goal line, it was a non – it looked to me like a non-contact injury, just stepped funny out of bounds uh maybe somebody grazed his knee or, or something like that but he's he's back he missed all the spring practice uh, and things like that but from what we've seen on videos released both by iu 
And then when he was down at Manning Passing Academy and from the IU players this summer, it looks like he's moving laterally very well. Uh, his arm strength looks better than ever. Um, and his throws uh, look fantastic. What are your expectations for Michael Pennant? Is he the best quarterback in the Big Ten this year? I believe so. Um, the questions for Michael Pinnock are largely ones that are completely out of his control. Uh, and that's, can he stay healthy? How many games this season can he play? Um, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to, to couch it that way. But right now, any conversation regarding Michael Pinnock has to be couched with when healthy, comma, Michael Penix is this. And I think that the finish to that sentence is Michael Penix is a potential All-American and the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, I believe that this offense, uh, Nick Sheridan understands the weapon that he has. We will talk about the, uh, the players surrounding Michael Penix those that need to step up and those that, that we expect big things from. Um, but given the weapons that he has at his disposal, given the system in place, given the experience he has, if he can stay healthy, I think the expectation for be, should be for an all big 10 season from Michael Penix. And if he has an all big 10 season, it means that IU has had a very successful year on the field. Uh, you know, it, very few positions carry the weight that the quarterback does in football and Michael Penix is for lack of a better cliche, the straw that stirs the drink for IU football. The ceiling is that much higher with him at quarterback. If it's Jack Tuttle at quarterback because of a, a Penix injury or COVID uh, we have to mention that as well. Um, you know, Indiana's not going to fall off the face of the earth. Uh, they do have depth behind him. Jack Tuttle, uh, true freshman Donovan McCauley, who not ready at this point to, to be thrown into the fire, uh, but a guy that has the physical tools uh, to get there in time. So it's not like Indiana has, would just you know fall off if Jettle's in the game, but the ceiling does uh, lower a little bit with what you can expect from this offense. Um, so I, I, I think the short answer is the expectation should be an all big 10 type season from Michael Penix. Yeah. And then you go back to Tuttle, uh, you know, he started, I use final two games, including a bowl game, which a lot of people yeah. will go back and say, well, he didn't play well in the bowl game. Uh, he played with a separated shoulder uh, for right. three quarters of that game. So, you know, he's a tough dude. He went up to Wisconsin, which a IU quarterback hasn't done um, and won uh, since 2001 um, and things like that. And if Miles Marshall makes a, a, a wide open catch, his numbers look a, a heck of a lot better. Um, he got most, he got most of the first team, I would say most of all the quarterback reps in spring practices, Dexter Williams went down with an ACL injury a couple practices right. in uh, and things like that. Uh, McCulley didn't come until the summer. Uh, so he, he probably would have benefited a lot uh, from being in the spring, but he, 
uh, stayed in school and, and uh, played basketball and things like that and waited for graduation uh, to come in. But it, it's – you have two quarterbacks you feel really, really good about, and then Donovan McCulley, um, who you don't really want starting in game one. Uh, but down the road, he has all the tools to, to step in um, behind Penix and Tuttle and, and make his mark. So should feel really good about the, the Indiana uh, quarterback room. Let's talk about now the guys who he's throwing the ball to, uh, the wide receivers. There are some new faces in Cam Buckley, a transfer from Texas A&M, and DJ Matthews, a transfer from Florida State. Um, Matthews is going to come in and, and um, take over Wap Fillier's role in the slot. Uh, he's a bit more explosive than Wap Fillier, um, who, I mean, he was an all Big Ten receiver uh, and holds IU's single season record for most catches or a single game uh, record for most catches and things like that. And he was, you know, he came up big in some of IU's biggest games uh, over, over his career. So he's not going to be easy to replace. But DJ Matthews should be able to fill that role and add a little bit more explosion to that position in the slot. Of course, you have uh, all Big Ten or Big Ten wide receiver of the year, Ty Freifogel back. Uh, he came back. He needs to work on a separation, uh, but he could go catch balls with the best of them uh, and, and things like that. So, and then, um, you know, Miles Marshall should be the other starting. Uh, wide receiver, but the depth is something that fans need to be excited about too. You got Javon Swinton, Jacoby Hewitt, who only had I think five catches on the year last year, but man, he made them count. He had a big catch against uh, Wisconsin. He had a big catch late in the game against Penn State. Um, you know, we throw David Ellis in that room too at times. Although with Samson James in the portal, you might see David Ellis more at, at running back as well. Um, but he could play both positions. Um, you know, Jordan um, Jordan Williams has had a good fall camp. He should be, you know, in the mix there. Um, TJ, how do you feel about the the wide receivers room this year? It should be a pretty pretty awesome room to watch. You know, it's certainly the deepest wide receiver room uh, that Indiana's had in my time as a fan, which, which is, you know, coming on 30 years here. Um, I, I don't think that the Hoosiers have had this level of experience, talent, size, uh, and also, you know, youthful potential uh, at any point during their history as a football program. Um, I think that they've done a tremendous job of accumulating talent and then supplementing that with transfer portal additions. Uh, you mentioned DJ Matthews. Uh, look, Walk Billiard did a lot of very good things. However, um, I think that there's a kind of a uh, misnomer in the type of player that he was. Walk Billiard was not an explosive threat for the Hoosiers. He was a uh, target accumulator that was able to make a volume of catches, um, but I did not really, you rarely saw an explosive element to Wap Fillier's game. 
uh, he could be shifty, but not the top end speed, not the quick acceleration uh, that DJ Matthews brings to the table. Now, I'm not expecting DJ Matthews to uh, equal the production that Wapdillier had in terms of targets or receptions, because I think that the wide receiver target distribution is going to be a lot more uh, varied than it has been previously. Uh, I think that there are more weapons to spread the ball around to. And, and I, I do think that if Michael Penix is healthy, uh, you're going to see a lot more guys getting targets, stretching the field. Uh, you're looking at, at a wide receiver group that, you know, obviously you're interested in who starts. And I think that's probably, like you said, Bry Fogle, Miles Marshall, DJ Matthews. I think those are probably the starting three. However, it doesn't really matter with wide receivers. What you're looking for is who's going to be on the field getting quality snaps. And you're probably going to see six, maybe seven, that'd be stretching it, but definitely six guys that are in the wide receiver rotation in competitive contests, uh, which based on IU schedule is probably almost all of them. Uh, Idaho is probably the only game you're looking at that you're expecting to have, you know, a lot of time in the second half to get players that don't normally play onto the field. Um, I, I think that those, well. that, yeah, that's true. That one potentially. Um, you're, I, I think that the additional three are probably going to be Cam Buckley Javon Swinton, and then Jacoby Hewitt. I think that those are probably the three. That being said, if anybody is going to break in, Jordan Williams, I think, is that guy that's going to break into that group. And another name to kind of keep an eye out for, uh, both of the other freshmen, Jacquez Smith and Malachi Holt-Bennett, their time's going to come. They're very talented. Uh, however, David Baker, um, you know, a, another bigger target, I think he could carve out a small role this season as a redshirt freshman. Uh, but I, I do think you're looking at Freifogel, Marshall, Matthews, and then Buckley, Swinton, Hewitt, and Jordan Williams as your, your kind of core group of receivers uh, that I would say probably 90 to 95% of your wide receiver targets for the season are going to come from that group of players. And it's an incredibly challenging group for, de uh, for defenses to figure out how to cover because you've got a, a good mix of speed, size, and then with a guy like Ty Fogel, just an ability to go get the ball, uh, as we've seen from him so many times. Um, it's, a, it's an incredibly good group that I am very excited to see how this plays out with them on the field. Yeah, and you could see it for the future, too. Um, you know, you, you expect Fry Fogle, Cam Buckley, and uh, DJ Matthews to move on this year, uh, you know, either to the NFL and, and graduate. And you see the next group of receivers, they're right behind them. They have now have a year to develop. Um, hopefully they could play in the, in the four games and, and redshirt. That would be ideal. Uh, and things yeah. like that to get them some experience uh, in some games and, and use them when you need them uh, type of thing. That redshirt rules is, is fantastic. Um, and yeah, things I like think that. Jordan Williams, 
Jordan Williams is going to be the one to watch Let's with how he's that. standing out early. If, if he is looking like what we think he is, he's not going to be a guy you can only play in four contests. Correct. Um, and, and things like that. So let's move on uh, to tight ends. It's another position, more weapons for IU. You have Peyton Hendershot, who's coming up a, a year where, it, you know, he dropped a lot of passes. I think a lot of it was mental. Um, it, it started early against Penn State, continued uh, down the year yeah. with, uh, you know, games against Michigan. Rutgers, he dropped an open early pass, things like that. But it seemed like once he got that big drop out of the way uh, in each of the games, it, he he did well. Um, he's coming back. It's it's going to be his final year in Bloomington. You have Matt Bjorson, who he's more of a blocking tight end, but he has come up with some big um, catches for IU in his career. Now, he doesn't have a lot of them. But, you know, he scored a big touchdown against Nebraska in 2019, has had a couple big first down catches as well. And he's a very serviceable tight end. A guy we were excited to see last year, Cam Taylor, never played. He's back this year. I think that helps the offensive line. He's a true blocking tight end. I think he only had like three or four catches uh, in his career at South Alabama before coming to IU. But he could add. You know, if you wanted to go a two tight end set, uh, things like that, he adds, he's kind of that sixth offensive lineman uh, type of player that, you know, IU has been missing uh, the last couple of years, especially if the line uh, continues to struggle um, in pass protection and, and protecting Michael Penix and things like that. Uh, then you have A.J. Barner. He's a younger guy. He played sparingly last year. Uh, in spots, but he looks like he's had a good camp uh, coming in. He'll need to step up. Um, he had a couple departures from that group, too, and, and Gary Cooper and TJ Ivey uh, going elsewhere. Uh, and then you have Aaron Steinfeld coming in as a um, as a true freshman. I don't know if he's ready to contribute just yet. He is a big body and a great athlete, but he does have some uh, good players in front of him. Uh, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the tight end group? It's a, a good group. Certainly, you need Peyton Hendershot to be the player you you know he's capable of being. Uh, if he's not, I think this group leaves a, a a little bit wanting just in the top end receiving talent. Um, AJ Barner is a player that can get there. Uh, he. I'm interested to see if, if A.J. Barner takes a big step forward this year or, you know, if Peyton Hendershot's playing really well, it's difficult for Barner to get that many opportunities. Uh, Matt Bjorson's going to be on the field because of his steadiness uh, and his ability to be a really good blocker. Cam Taylor's kind of the um, interesting, different type of player, uh, reports that, that he has slimmed down some, uh, which may be you into thinking perhaps he's not just going to be a extra blocker uh, in run situations. So, you know, we'll see how he gets utilized. Uh, and then Aaron Steinfeld, a guy that you hope develops into a, a good piece for you. Uh, and you, you want him to be able to redshirt this year. If he's playing significant time, it's because there have been injuries ahead of him. Well, I think you're looking at, at the majority of the snaps going to 
Hendershot as your inline receiving tight end, Matt Bjorson as the guy that can make some catches for you as a release valve uh, or coming up with some big plays on third downs, but mostly being used to, as a, an additional blocker. That's going to be the bulk of what you see out of the tight end group. You know, it's a position that has enough talent that you kind of, you want to see it utilized more. However, we can't say that without then taking away targets from the receiver group we just got done talking with. And we can't say that within then taking away opportunities from, you know, the running back room. So it's going to be a difficult problem, but a good problem for Nick Sheridan to figure out how to distribute the targets to best maximize the offensive personnel that he has. Yeah. And it's, it's an exciting room to follow as well. Um, TJ, let's move to the offensive line before getting to the running backs. This is a unit that everybody's eyes are going to be watching. They struggled last right. year um, with, you know, missed snaps, a lack of a run game. I think Indiana only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, some of that is due to the running backs, but uh, some of it's also due to the offensive line. Um, while they only gave up a, a few sacks, Michael Penix is constantly under pressure uh, and things like that. They bring in Zach Carpenter to shore up the line. Um, you know, they get Caleb Jones back healthy. They get Matt Bedford back healthy, uh, things like that. Uh, Luke Haggard, who played a lot last year, um, looks to be at the left tackle position. Uh, and, and things like that. So there, there's going to be some shuffling. you got Dylan Powell back as well. I think the key for IU is to get their five best offensive linemen on the field at the same time. If that means you're going to have to kick somebody inside, probably Matthew Bedford, uh, that's what it's going to have to be. Um, you need your best. It's, it's um, there's too much on the line to start it, you know, to experiment with, uh, you know, we need this guy to grow by getting on the field. It's now you're, you're nationally ranked coming to the preseason. You're opening at Iowa. Um, you know, you have a chance to do something special this year um, that hasn't been done in a long, long, long time um, and, and things like that. So I think you have to get all five, all the best five on the field at first Um and then you, you fill in with backups. You have Michael Kadick, um, who's played a lot of football uh, in there as well. And then some of these young guys who have been in the program for a few years and have, to, uh, you know, have had time to develop, it's their time to step up as well. Guys like Aiden Rafferty and Tim Weaver, who's been talked about constantly in, pre in, in spring ball and in preseason camp. Um, and, and things like that. Those are the guys that are going to have to step up because you know you're going to need nine or even ten guys who could play on the offensive line. Now, there's going to be some drop-off between your, you know, your starters and your backups. That's what it is. But you, you like guys like Brady Feeney, um, you know, maybe Chris Bradbury, um, Cam Knight, he's been, you know, this is his second year. But, you know, Khalil Benson, who's coming off an ACL injury, he, you know, he could, if he's healthy, he could step in. Uh, Randy Holtz, uh, guys like that have to step up. Nick Morozis, who's a redshirt junior, he's got to step up. Luke Wigington, 
there's a lot of guys that have been in the pipeline uh, for a couple of years who need to step up uh, and get their games going. Am I wrong on that, or is that an accurate um, perception of the offense alone? No, 100% accurate. There are a number of players, and you just mentioned them. Uh, at some point, you have to develop and step up uh, and play a role. Now, I, I do 100% agree with you. What IU needs to do and what it appears the staff's focus is, let's get our five best guys on the field. And if that means that somebody we viewed as a tackle is now going to play guard, well, so be it. And I, I, that, that means Matt Bedford playing guard because Luke Haggard and Caleb Jones are not playing guard. So that's going to be Matt Bedford, uh, Dylan Powell, you would expect he would be a starter. And then you're looking at, at who's going to be your center. Uh, we thought Zach Carpenter was going to be the you know, he transfer from Michigan. We thought, okay, well, that makes sense. Plug him in. Uh, and that could end up being the case, but he has apparently, uh, you know, gotten some push from guys like Charlie O'Connor uh, and, and a couple of other players. So I, I'm very interested to see who that five ends up being. And they, they probably don't quite know exactly who it's going to be uh, at this point in time. Um, but I, I think you're probably getting real close. And I do think that there's probably four positions that they know for sure, you know, this is who is going to take the field for us. Uh, the first offensive series against Iowa. Um, I do think a player, two players to watch, Luke Haggard, who I believe showed flashes of turning into a very good player and with continued development and added weight, which we've seen from him, I think he's going to be a really good one. And then the second one, Caleb Jones, so your other tackle, uh, he, you know, he had a hard time with COVID last year that got him out of condition. And a guy as big as he is, when he's out of condition, it's going to show. Yeah. Uh, and it did. He yep, struggled with that. Game. Yes. Apparently, and we don't see this. You know, we don't see practice, so we don't know. We can only go on uh, reports that have come out. But and in whatever we see from a press conference standpoint uh, and, and here quotes wise, Caleb Jones really committed himself this offseason uh, to getting in the, the best shape he can be in. Yeah, and, and that, I, I, a lot of he credits uh, he credits Aaron Wellman for doing that. Wellman's an NFL guy. He knows what it takes to be an yeah. NFL offensive lineman. Um, and he will. Uh, He'll, uh, you know, listen to that input because that's the next step for Big Caleb it is the NFL because the NFL is going to love his size and, and things like that. So, yeah, that's right. Big Caleb, he got wrecked by COVID last year. They're only going to love that size if he can keep it under control. Right. It has to be size that is conditioned. It has to be size that can move. And I'm, I really want it for Caleb. Uh, he's a, a player from, you know, the high school that I graduated from. Uh, and everyone that I've spoken to loves him as a man and as a, you know, as, as a young man and, and wants the best for him. Um, I, I really want him to succeed. 
And I think he has set himself up through a ton of hard work to have a great season. And I hope that occurs. If it does, Indiana's in good shape at tackle. If they kick Bedford inside, you like that as a guard. Uh, he's a much better you know, run blocker than he has been a pass blocker. The run defense or the run blocking has to improve. You want to see that uh, get up to, I mean, 3.1 to 4.0 is a, a big jump to make, but I think that's probably a realistic goal uh, that, that they're going to shoot for. And then you have to have improved pass blocking to give Michael Penix a chance to get throws off without getting hit. That's priority number one for this offense is keep Michael Penix from getting hammered. And if this offensive line can do that, we've talked about the skill position groups, you like their chances to put up points. Yeah. And, you know, going from three, it's the explosive runs too. Running for four yards a carry every time. That's great. But you need those 30, 40, 50 yard runs. And a lot of that now is, is thrown going to be thrown on the, on the running backs, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. But you need those longer runs, which will ultimately boost your yard per carry average. Um, you know, when yeah. Stevie Stott did a great job of it, you know, he was rarely, if ever, tackled for a loss. Um, and he fell forward and he got, you know, two, three, four, five yards, you know, and his big runs were about 20, 15 to 20 yards, maybe 25 uh, things like that. Uh, but let's get to that running back room. There's a lot of change uh, in that room. Stevie Scott uh, is off to the NFL. I believe he just got cut by the Saints. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen anything else on it. Uh, Samson James is heading up to Purdue through the transfer portal. Um, we've seen Ronnie Walker leave. But guess what? You bring you lose some through the transfer portal, and you know something comes back out. It seems for IU, um, what they got back out is former five-star recruit in Stephen Carr from USC. Uh, his time with Dylan McCullough um, as a recruit has paid off for the Hoosiers, and he they haven't announced it yet, but he seems like he's the guy at running back. Um, you know, and all the signs point to it with, with Samson James leaving. Um, and he's going to be the bell cow at running back. He's shifty. He's explosive. I think you get bigger runs from him uh, and, and things like that. He has to stay healthy. I think getting him the majority of the carries now. What I didn't like about IU's running back rooms under Mike Hart was that uh, that Stevie Scott got like 70% of the carries for three years. Um, and IU has too much talent on this team to just give one guy the ball, you know, 70% of the time. Um, look, it, it, you, if Stephen Carr is breaking off 60-yard runs like Tevin Coleman every time you hand him the ball, sure, you hand him the ball 30 times a game and say, sorry, guys, my this dude's on fire. But, um, you know, I'd like to see them sprinkle on Tim Baldwin more. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Charlie Spiegel. They have some, they have some talent at running back. Yeah, it's unproven. David Ellis probably shifts more to running back now uh, as well, and he could get some carries. But just to distribute the carries, 
better. And we've seen it with Dylan McCullough in the past when he had Tevin Coleman and Divine Redding and Jordan Howard and, and uh, Stephen Houston and, and D'Angelo Roberts. Those guys, it seemed, were like interchangeable. Uh, I remember 2013 when Tevin Coleman uh, you know, went down, Stevie Houston filled right back. And there were multiple games where multiple running backs had over 100 yards rushing and, and things like that. So um, you also get two freshmen in, in Trent Howland and David Holloman. Um, we'll see. I think Trent Howland's the one coming off of an injury uh, in high school. We'll see how ready he is uh, coming off an October ACL injury. But both of those guys um, can play. And then you have a couple walk-ons and uh, Davion Urban Point Dexter, Charlie Spiegel, who um, Dylan McCullough calls a guy. Dudes don't want to tackle this guy, uh, which I, is a pretty good characteristic of a running back. Um, so TJ, I know you're expecting a, um, you know, a, a 100 carry 10,000 yard season uh, from, 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 uh, from our guy Charlie Spiegel this year. What's your take on the running back room? Yeah, so I, um, you're right. I, I do have high hopes for Charlie Spiegel. Um, that being said, I think that a reasonable role for Charlie Spiegel will be at some point during his career, he helps Indiana win a couple football games, uh, you know, which as a walk-on, that is, you know, far and away your best hope for what they're going to give to you. Um, now, this year, uh, Stephen Carr, I think is, I think you said it correctly, a more explosive running back than what Stevie Scott provided to you. He's not going to be quite as physical as Scott was. Um However, I do think that we should see some more explosive plays, both from him and from Tim Baldwin, who flashed that in the limited time he did get. Uh, I think that many fans, myself included, uh, were frustrated that Baldwin did not get more time, particularly after the really good performance he had against Maryland. Um, we you know, we saw what he was capable of and wanted he to see more of six, it. He averaged 6.4 yards a carry on the season. Um, and Quite he only had, playing he with, only, yeah, in four games. playing with the same offensive line that, that we, you know, Stevie Scott was struggling behind. Um, and that, that's not to denigrate Stevie Scott. It was just frustrating to see the same guy get the same carries game after game when it just wasn't working. Um, now, I, I do think it is also fair to point out that Indiana is going to have to find uh, a way to replace the kind of nose for the end zone that Stevie Scott seemed to have in goal-to-go situations. He was very good at that. Um, and I, I, I think him getting those tough yards because of his physicality and his size is something that IU is going to have to find a way to replace. I think they can, and that's going to have to come from the running backs and the offensive line working together. Uh, I, 
David Ellis is a player that I have long wanted to see get additional opportunities with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think he is a very good uh, option to receive passes out of the backfield or, uh, you know, some tosses, some option plays to get him out on the edge, uh, not in between the tackles, but out on the edge to make plays with his speed uh, and elusiveness. I think that's the best way to use David Ellis. I hope we see a bit more of that this season. I, I do think you're right. The primary thing we're going to notice differently from this running game, at least we hope, is a better utilization of the entire running back room, um, as well as more of an emphasis on getting those explosive chunk plays, which have been absent from the running game for the past few seasons. I think that's going to be the biggest difference that we see. I do think the largest concern that you have with Samson James transferring uh, is all of a sudden if you have an injury to Stephen Carr, which you know has happened before, it, it, we have to point out Indiana's starting quarterback and starting running back uh, have injury concerns and injury history. You know that has to be pointed out. And that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on all season. And that's another reason you want to spread the load out and not overload Stephen Carr uh, is, is to kind of manage that uh, for him. And if you have an injury to him or to Tim Baldwin, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at one converted running back on scholarship, whichever the other one is that didn't get hurt. So that's two. And then you walk on. Uh, it's a position that walk-ons can have an impact on, for sure. We've seen that before, but that's not an ideal situation. So hopefully those guys can stay healthy if they can. Uh, I do think we're going to see a positive impact from Devin McCullough. And it's a group that I'm excited to see because, like you said, a lot of change there. And there's a very high-profile recruit coming in next season. Uh, it's important for these guys to take advantage of the opportunity they have now because the running back room is one that can change very quickly. Yes, it is. All right, we're going to switch gears to defense, TJ, uh, real quickly, but we have another word from our friends over at Spotify Green Room. Again, Spotify Green Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You could start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games, talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time, uh, joining in on conversations with me and other Hoosier Huddle writers during the season. We'll be hosting rooms prior to games um, on Saturday uh, in the morning, times to be announced since game times haven't been announced all. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, uh, and join the Hoosier Huddle group. You can follow me at Hoosier underscore Huddle to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live on Spotify Green Room for the first time Saturday, September 4th. Time to be announced. Uh, come with your spiciest takes. TJ, moving over the defense, clearly um, this... I think it's seen as the strength of this team. Um, almost everybody's back from last year's team outside of a few defensive linemen, uh, which IU addressed in the offseason, and Jamar Johnson in the secondary. 
but it's a defense led by two All-Americans in 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 uh, Tywin Mullen and Michael McFadden. Let's start up front. Um, and I think the biggest transfer on um, coming in on the defensive line is Weston Kramer. IU has two other transfers on the defensive line with Ryder Anderson and Jaron Handy, but Weston Kramer is the, the anchor in the middle that'll make this defense um, that much better. Kind of like when Nate Hoff and Ralph Green man the center of the defense. Um, he eats up blockers. He was all Mac uh, first team at NIU. He he could be pro- he's productive. I think he's you know you, you probably see him either as the starter or the first guy off the bench off the defensive line because uh, you, yeah. you still got I, – you could put DeMarcus Elliott and, and CO up front there as well to start. But, uh, you know, what's your take uh, on this defensive line? Well, I think you're right. The interior had to have another guy that can be a part of that rotation uh, because this is another position much like – you know, wide receiver, there's going to be a rotation that occurs. You can't just play four defensive linemen all game. Uh, they'll be gassed very quickly if you do. So you're you're going to be rotating guys. Weston Kramer is going to be a part of that interior uh, with DeMarcus Elliott and CO. Um, that's a, a good group. It's one that I, I think has a little bit to prove. Uh, without Jerome Johnson in there, that was certainly a big loss, losing him and Jamar Johnson uh, were kind of the two guys you lost off this defense. So making sure that you can adequately fill the shoes left by Jerome Johnson, uh, particularly against run-heavy teams, that's going to be important to see. Uh, And then you're looking at the pass rush, which is, for me, the one concern that this defense still has uh, is finding guys that can can consistently beat their man one-on-one so you don't have to, to blitz scheme uh, or, or scheme to blitz, scheme to get to the quarterback, send extra guys. You can do that sometimes, and IU is going to uh, under new defensive coordinator Charlton Warren, but this is still a Tom Allen defense. Let's make no mistake about that. Uh, you're going to be sending some pressure, no doubt. But you want to have guys that can beat their man one-on-one. IU is still looking to consistently do that. And to be fair, so is almost every other team in the country. It's one of the hardest things to find. Uh, so you're looking at who can those players be. Jaron Handy and Ryder Anderson, certainly players that uh, are brought in, expected to do that. Uh, Ryder Anderson appears to be, you know, having a very good camp with Indiana uh, and making a positive impression. Um, James Head, another guy that you could see. Uh, try to, to do that. Bo Robbins, potentially, maybe it's his time to step up. Um, so I think Indiana has the bodies. They just need a couple of guys to step up and be those consistent pass rushers. I think that this defensive front is the weakest group of the defense, but still, it's one of the better defensive lines that IU has had uh, in a very long time. And that says how strong this defense is is we're kind of searching around for weaknesses instead of searching around for strengths as we've had to do in the not too distant past. Yeah, that, that's, that's correct. Um, let's move 
back a level on defense. Um, man, it's I, I mean, you just said it. You're, you're looking at for weaknesses and and oh, you find it strengths. Um, the linebacker room is outstanding. And yeah, do, true. Do you, you're not you're not finding any weaknesses here. No, but uh, you know, to my point was. Is the secondary better than the linebacker group, or is the linebacker group better than the secondary? It's you could argue for both, um, but the linebacker room is led by Cam Jones and Michael McFadden, um, two outstanding players. They're back um, this year. You also have James Miller uh, and some Thomas Allen is back practicing. Aaron Casey who had, came on last year. There are, I, I think you go like six deep along the, the uh, between the two linebacker positions with McFadden, Aaron Casey, Thomas Allen. Uh, you also have a uh, four-star Cameron Williams back there, um, James Miller, Cam Jones, Maurice Freeman. He's a freshman. I don't expect him to, to play as much. Um, and then you have Ty Wise, who's a redshirt freshman who could be a contributor yeah. this year as well. Um, what do you see out of this linebacker room? Is this the best linebacker room that IU's had in recent memory? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a question. Uh, and you start with Micah McFadden, All-American. Uh, Indiana's had good linebackers before, but McFadden's production level, uh, leadership ability, and just absolute nose for the football uh, he's going to, whoever has the ball, McFadden's going to find them and he's going to tackle them. Uh, that, that is his mission. And he's done it as well as any IU player, uh, in recent memory, you know, going through this depth chart, you look at a player like a James Miller or a Cameron Williams, the physical tools that they have, uh, they, they should be playing, yes. but they're stuck behind guys that are just a little bit better, which speaks to how good these guys are. Mike McFadden and Cam Jones are outstanding linebackers. And then, you know, you, you want to see some guys like Ty Wise, Cameron Williams. You want to see them get some playing time just to get experience for when you don't have those guys in front of them. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to remove – McFadden and Cam Jones from the field because they are so good. Uh, Maurice Freeman is a player that just a heat-seeking missile that IU has a ton of hope for. Uh, you you would hope that he's able to redshirt this season, maybe get him a little bit of snaps um, in, in situations, but ideally he's a redshirt candidate that uh, looks like a future uh, piece for this defense. And then Ty Wise, you know, performed very well on the scout team last year. They have high hopes for his future as well. It's a really good group. You just don't have any concerns about these guys. You put Cam Jones and Mike McFadden out there as the uh, the middle of your defense, you're going to feel really good about it. Yeah, you, you sure do. And the depth is there uh, and things like that. Moving to the secondary, and we'll include the Husky here as well. Um, the Husky is, if you don't know, is Indiana's hybrid linebacker safety position. Uh, Indiana gets Marcelino Ball back, uh, who looks renewed in his attitude towards football uh, and, and things like that. So it's, 
it's going to be a special season for the secondary. It's led by uh, Tywin Mullen, who's an All-American. Um, you know, this might be the last chance IU fans get to to um, see Tywin in, in an IU uniform. If he has another big year, uh, he might test those NFL draft waters. You also have um, Reese Taylor, Devon Matthews, Raheem Lane is back after missing uh, last year as well. He'll step into that Jamar Johnson role. Um, you've got, oh man, there's so many guys. Uh, Josh Sanguinetti played, Noah Pierre, Jalen Williams is is your, uh, you know, basically your nickel corner outside of Reese Taylor. Uh, Jawan Burgess, who also could fill in in that Jamar Johnson role as well. Um, and then you have Jonathan Haynes, who came in under the radar during fall camp from Ole Miss, who started 10 games last year, started the bowl game against IU. He adds some depth, and we'll see how well he grasps the defense or how quickly he'll grasp the defense uh, in order to play. But there is talent all over uh, this defensive secondary as well. Um, another transfer, Dylan McCullough II from Miami of Ohio. There's just a ton of guys. And, again, it goes back to a guy who, you know, when he committed uh, a few years ago, Jordan Jusevich, he was a, a Mr. Football finalist and things like that. He hasn't really seen the, the field. You have Brian Fitzgerald as well at that Husky position uh, and, and things like that. There's just – it's an embarrassment of riches in the secondary, and that – has not been a term used to describe an Indiana position group on defense, maybe ever. Absolutely. This is the most talented secondary. We said it last year, and it is again, uh, the most talented and deepest secondary that IU's ever had. Uh, they have to perform, you know, they have to earn that, but uh, certainly no reason not to have incredibly high expectations you go from the top, your cornerback trio of Jalen Williams, Taiwan Mullen, Reese Taylor. Those guys are going to be kind of your, your cover corners that you're relying on, not just for the pass, but as we saw last year, they get creative and utilize these guys in blitzes. Uh, Taiwan Mullen led the Big Ten for all cornerbacks uh, in sacks. Um, that was a new wrinkle added to that. I think you could see that again with an increase from Reese Taylor as well, because he's shown he's a good tackler. Um, so you've got those guys, and then you've got your safeties. Devon Matthews is going to be one for sure. Still to be seen who's going to be playing that other safety role the majority of the time. Is it going to be a Raheem Lane, who uh, has played quite a bit of football previously, but then hasn't played much the past couple seasons? And uh, you're, you're wondering what he has at safety. He's a previous corner uh, that converted the safety. You're looking at, you know, um, what is Marcelino Ball's role going to be? Uh, he's clearly uh, the first guy off the bus, TJ. He's the well, first guy off go. the bus, and you yell at him if he wears a T-shirt off the bus. He is. He yeah, is. Right. He is. Uh, he is a, he's a superhero. Yes, he's a superhero. Yeah. He's the first guy off the bus, and I think. He, you know, I think his role is going to be what Tywin Mullen did last year on blitzes. And Mullen won't admit that he played Husky, but he did. Right. Now switch Mullen with a guy who's maybe a tad bit slower, a little bit slower, 
but 50 pounds heavier and wants to rip people's heads off um, and, and could. Um, so I, I think that's where Marcelino Ball is going to go. So, but you man, have, I like, go ahead. You have to be careful with his role. And look, the IU coaches know this a thousand times more than we do, how to best utilize a guy like him. But the, the, He's a bit of a divisive player because of roles he had to play previously when the IU defenses were not quite as talented as they are now. And yep. in some cases, not nearly as talented as they are now. He was asked to do things that are not best suited to his skills, mainly being downfield pass coverage. That's not something Marcelino Ball should be asked to do. And with the corners that IU has now and the safety that IU has now, he shouldn't. He, he won't need to be asked to do that. That's not to say he can't cover some tight ends. That's not to say he can't, you know, cover the flat on screen passes. But you yeah. do not want him covering 15, 20 yards down the field. He got lost. And it, it showed up with, you know, frustration penalties, uh, blown coverages. We're not going to see that from Marcelino Ball in the role that he's going to play now. So you take that. You're looking for another, another safety. Is it going to be Haynes? Is it going to be Raheem Lane? It's probably going to be some of a few different guys. Uh, Bryant Fitzgerald, Bryson Bonds is going to play quite a bit. He got some exposure as a freshman. Um, what you're really looking at as an unknown is who's going to step up as the cornerbacks behind your front three, which aren't going to be asked to play a bunch, but they will need to play some. You yeah. do have to have some rotation there. You've got a lot of options like Lynn Watley-Neely, Larry Tracy, uh, Jordan Greer, potentially, as a depth piece. Uh, he's a true freshman that they like quite a bit. Josh Sanguinetti, Noah Pierre. So a lot of options. It's just unclear right now who's going to be the guy that steps up and really seizes uh, those limited opportunities that they're going to get. Step in, do a good job covering when you're asked to, maybe make a play here and there. Um, but your goal as a corner usually when you come in like that is just don't be noticed. Don't make a mistake. Because if any of those top three guys go out, you can bet the opponent is going to be looking for that receiver that the, the new guy is covering and go after him. Because you don't have many weak spots in this defense. And if you see a potential liability, you're going to attack it as an offense. So, that's really the only question mark uh, is who's going to be those depth pieces at cornerback to step in the talents there. It's just getting that experience. Yeah. I, I think Raheem Lane's, I, I think it's a good move to safety. He struggled at corner, uh, like yeah. covering guys because of speed. I think having him play safety kind of slows the game down for him a little bit. He has good ball skills. Um so we'll see. They, they need to – Jamar Johnson, it was noticeable when he was off the field last year, uh, the, the step that in, back that Indiana took. You saw against Michigan, he got tossed early, and they went after – I think two of the touchdowns Michigan scored were against replacements, one against uh, um, Juwan Burgess and then another against uh, Bryson Bonds, who was a, a true freshman, just wasn't ready to be out there. Uh, that early in the season. Um, let's switch finally over to special teams, TJ. 
uh, before we wrap up. I know this is a, a longer podcast, but uh, you know, it's it's an hour west that you have to wait for Indiana football people. Um, Charles Campbell is back. Uh, his expectation, at least my expectation for him, is to be the Big Ten kicker of the year, uh, possibly an All American. Uh, along those lines, he hit three 50-yard field goals last year. He missed only one field goal. I think he's 10 for 11. Uh, he set the Outback Bowl record. He could kick in any conditions. He's clutch. Uh, you saw it against Purdue in 2019 in the wind and the rain. He had a clutch field goal uh, that helped Indiana get into overtime and, and get that win. Um, he kept him in the game against Ole Miss with a couple bombs. Uh, as well uh, so he uh, he's locked in at, at kicker but where they're you're breaking in a new punter with James Evans who has a tremendous leg but the issue is he's never played American football he's never gone against a rush um, and, and things like that if they could iron out that part of his game he'll just be fine he'll be uh, just fine uh, Sean Ratcher is an all big 10 snapper uh, and things like that. And then you have Jared Smaller back as the kickoff specialist. Where Indiana needs to improve the most is in the return game. Uh, the kickoff returns uh, to some are going extinct. Uh, however, Indiana has too much talent at return uh, with return guys to not be able to get a decent return more than half the time. Uh, I understand taking touchbacks. But when the ball is actually returned, there's no reason Indiana should not get it past, you know, the 25-yard line more than half the time. Uh, with David Ellis back there, uh, you have some other folks. You have, uh, you know, DJ Matthews could be. Uh, um, Jacoby Hewitt has been returning kicks as well. Uh, Reese Taylor can uh, return kicks and punts and things like that. There's just too much athleticism for that to be an area where they stink. Um, uh, and they have stunk. They haven't returned a, a kickoff or a touchdown since 2012. Um, and then punt return, I think they're in good hands with punt return. Uh, DJ Matthews, to me, is the starting punt returner. Even though Reese Taylor was an all-Big Ten punt returner last year, you probably rotate them, maybe even put both of them back there in cert certain situations. But D DJ Matthews was – an elite punt returner at Florida State. So I think he, he's going to get the first uh, go around uh, at that position as well. It's, it's why they brought him in. I think that makes him a little bit more valuable than, than Wap Fillier. He struggled in the punt return game, even though he, he had the tools to be a, a, a good punt returner. It just never materialized. Um, outside of that, the coverage teams were excellent last year on on kick and and punt and should continue to do so if not get better but you know the, the kick return game is the one spot you, you'd circle and go yeah they they could be a lot better in that position what do you think tj it, it does need to improve you're 100 correct about that you'd like to just be able to pick up some free yards you know if you can bust a 15 20 yard return uh in a in a punt situation or you know get maybe five to ten yards more on average out of your kick returns uh that's that's an extra first down 
uh, you know, to start each of your drives if you can do that on average. So uh, I I think that the it's really nice to have the luxury of trusting Charles Campbell, just be able to send your kicker out there and feel like, okay, we got three points. We know that if we cross, say you get to the 35 uh, yard line, you feel like we are probably getting three points out of this drive. That's a luxury that most college teams don't have. Uh, the big question mark is going to be that return unit and then, you know, just getting the consistency out of the punting position, which uh, you, you hope to be able to get out of Evans. We're not going to know until we see it. Uh, the IU coaches aren't going to know until they see it. But uh, I don't really have any particular concerns about the special teams unit. Um, given the personnel back, I just I hope that the Hoosiers actually do attempt to utilize the the athletes that they have uh, to find some solutions at kick return. Uh, the weapons are there. You just got to put them in position and make it an emphasis. So we'll see how that plays out. It's definitely um, not a unit that gets paid attention too much, but you can pick up points. You can pick up uh, free yards on, on your opposition if you can win that phase of the game. And in close contests, it can make a huge difference. So it is an important area uh, to pay attention to, even though it typically gets ignored uh, in, in preview settings. I know the coaches certainly don't ignore it. That's, that's for sure. But fans in general uh, can maybe overlook that area of the field or the, the team. And um, it's one that, that can cost you games. We've seen that before. It's one that can win you games. We've seen that before. So uh, hopefully the Hoosiers are able to just send Campbell out there, rely on him each time you need to, uh, and then get a good season out of Evans. Uh, through freshman, like you said, it, it's a bit of an unknown with him, but uh, I think we've seen enough from Australian punters to know, you know, he'll get it. It might take a tad bit of time, but he's going to get it and be just fine. He's got to get it fast before Iowa. Block punts get true for that game if that happens. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll you know, I was going to be going after it. Yeah, I, I would rush 11 guys. I don't even need a power returner, just rush 11, and the guy will shank yeah. it. Um, but anyway, uh, TJ, that does it for our Indiana uh preview. The season is just 12 days away, it is right around the corner. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, holy cow, to preview Iowa. It's over. The off-season yes, is over. Um, so thanks for joining us today on the podcast, TJ. Um, we'll be back next week to preview Iowa. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for all our position previews, all your IU and Big Ten football news as well. Check out, we just posted the forfeiture rules um, that the Big Ten came out with today, you know, five days prior to the, the Big Ten's first, first game. And, um, I think after the, the regular season for other fall sports started. So uh, kind of typical in big 10 fashion that way, late to the table, but football is back. We'll be here. Uh, follow us on Twitter at who's underscore huddle. Follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, and you know where to go for the best Indiana football coverage. Uh, there is have a great day. We'll talk next week and begin breaking down Iowa.
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.